Well, this week we are going to elect or re-elect the person who will lead our country for the next four years, right? No, we're not going to do that. This week we will have lost ballots and recounts and accusations of fraud and everyone's going to be mad. Why? Because that's what happens in our country. Uh, we all like it to be over. The mailings, the robo-phone calls, no more social media postings. We just wish all that would go away. And this election, if you've been paying attention, and how can you not, is particularly contentious. And by contentious, I mean everybody seems to hate anybody that's not on their side. So to settle all of us down, I thought we'd ask the question, how would Jesus vote? I mean, really, is Jesus red? Is Jesus blue? For president, who would he vote for? Would he vote for Trump or Biden? How would he go for the propositions or city council? How would Jesus vote even for the Harbor District? Whose bumper sticker would Jesus have on the back of his car? Jesus made a great statement uh, when he said this, my kingdom, not of this world. And then Jesus said, my followers, guess what? Their kingdom is not of this world either. And that means that if you're a follower of Jesus, this isn't our kingdom. In a sense, we could say, we really don't belong here. I think if you were to drive through Muncie, Indiana, now you'd see signs for mayor, and you probably would not have much emotion about them, and you probably wouldn't get too worked up, worked up about them. Well, why not? Because you don't live in Muncie, Indiana. It's not your home. And as we start talking about this whole political thing and the emotions that go behind it, we have to have that same attitude. This is really, really not our home. And this should shape us in how we think about things like politics and the economy and attitudes and leaders and even our voting. However, we're supposed to vote. We know that's our responsibility. But it sure would help if heaven would just kind of float down for each one of us a marked ballot. It would just land right there and we would say, okay, these are the little things that I'm supposed to fill in. All these bubbles are the right ones for the propositions and for the, the city council and for the school board. We're not going to get one. So let's talk about this. And I've said uh, that my goal is to make everyone at some point mad at me. And you'll get mad this morning for a whole different reason. But let's start off and let me just take a second and pray. And so Lord, I thank you that you help us in confusing times and challenging times. And I pray that you would guide my words and our thoughts in your name. Amen. Okay, Jesus, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? And immediately you're saying in your head, well, Jesus would be for Biden for the simple reason that he's not Trump. And some are saying no Trump for the simple reason that he's not Joe Biden. And some of you are Trump, some Biden, because Jesus would approve of this person's policies or character or this person's pro-life or human rights or I, I, Jesus would approve for a strong nation or better health care. Some of you are saying neither. Not a single one of them. There are actually third-party candidates that are out there that Jesus would probably vote for. And okay, here's where we start 
I'll start to make you mad. I'm not sure Jesus would care all that much about who gets elected. Really. I'm not sure he cares all that much. Now, I'm sure he would care. But I think he'd care in a whole different way than you and I might think. Not what it does to America, and not what it means to the economy or Social Security or taxes. I think Jesus would really care about what it does and what this is doing in the hearts and lives and souls of people who are part of his kingdom. Because to me, the real question is not, how would Jesus vote? To me, the real question is, how should I, whose kingdom is not of this world, respond to the person who's elected? How is my heart, and how are my attitudes, and my care and concerns, and worries and trust in God, no matter who's president? See, it's really not about Trump, it's not about Biden. But really, it's about how is my heart towards Trump or Biden? And what goes on up here in, in my head and in my soul when I see a Donald Trump campaign? And what goes on in my head and in my soul when I see a Joe Biden campaign? I mean, think about it. What words come into your head? Your heart. Where does that go? What does it do to your attitude and your blood pressure and your, and your anger? Jesus doesn't tell us how to vote. He does tell us how to live life in another kingdom while still on earth, and how to respond to those who are elected. So, how do I respond? How do I respond to the president? How do I respond to anybody that's in charge? Now, I was going to be doing this message next week after a president was elected, but actually I swapped things around so, so you would not think that I'm biased towards the one who, who was chosen. But here we go. This is what Jesus would want us to do. First of all, for the president, you and I get to love them. We get to love them. Yeah, and you're saying, I knew you'd say that, and of course I said that. And, and this is a crazy time, isn't it? I mean, wow. It's like you can't just simply disagree. Everyone disagrees now with anger. It's like if you don't support my position, then you're the enemy, and as a result, I have no choice but to categorize you and treat you as my opponent and marginalize you the best I can. So to many, Trump and anyone that supports him is the enemy. Or Biden, and anyone that supports him is the enemy. And now we become and we fall into the category where Jesus can speak with us. You know what he's going to say. Whenever we have an issue with a person and we label them as an enemy, Jesus says this, love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. Leave it to Jesus to take all the fun out of, of poking at Trump's hair or Biden's gaffes. And he does. He takes all the fun out of it. Because he tells me I'm to do two things. One, I'm to love. Two, I'm to pray. Can I pray that they just go away? No, we can't go there. I'm sure it means that you pray peace and blessing and wisdom 
upon him with an attitude of what? With an attitude of love. And we want to say, okay, I'll love him, but I don't have to like him, do I? And I think whenever we say that, at least I know whenever I say that, I'll love him, but I won't like him, I'm actually trying to get out of all that it means to actually love a person. I'm trying to find a way out. Once Jesus uses that term love, once he throws that word love into the mix, we now need to go over the, to the part of the Bible that defines what love actually is to us. And this tells us all the things, all the qualities of love we need to give to the candidate. And as we look at this, I want you to think about the name of any candidate, enemy, the person you didn't vote for, our current president, our speaker of the house, the governor, or whomever. This is how we are to love them, commanded to love them. It says the love we're supposed to have does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of their wrongs. Love does not delight in their evil, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. The love we are to have towards our enemies never fails. That's how we're called to respond. Bears, believes, hopes. I hate it. I mean, I hate that what's inside me just jumps so quickly. And sometimes with delight at the slightest hint of impropriety or a mistake of the guy or woman that I don't agree with politically. I mean, don't we just kind of wait for him to screw up so we can say, you know, gotcha, there it is. You know, we just wait. We can't, we can't hold back our joy. Did you see what Trump treated, tweeted lately? Or did you hear that Biden was involved in that? And we, we relish in that. And we love that stuff because it makes our opponent look worse and we spread that and it just makes us look like we're in the right. And as we do that, our souls die just a little bit more. We sometimes delight in the evil instead of grieving that it hurt them as people. If they did do that, we should not delight in that. We should grieve. And if they did do that, they stepped out of the light of God. And we should mourn for that. And when I do that, I am as bad as they are, okay? In fact, I may be worse because I know Jesus and I know his kingdom. And I know what he asks me to do. And I didn't do it. I don't think God will care so much about who I voted for. I know he cares for the honest and real love I had for the one in charge and the one who is elected. Okay, the next one, and it gets worse. I get to submit to them. I get to, I get to submit to them. And we hate that word submit, don't we? Yuck, you know, Ugh. submission is not a great word today. It means to be actually to place yourself underneath somebody else. It means to say, I'm going to now submit or put myself below you or beneath you and humble myself 
and obey and do what the person in charge says because I'm not that person. And that seems demeaning, and it's, it's even worse because I don't like them anyway. You know, I don't even like them anyway. But God tells us this, very clear. Everyone must submit to a governing authority. I don't want to say, yeah, but uh, no, really? But God, you don't know the person's in charge. You don't know them. I mean, you can't know the character that's involved here. Well, yeah, he does. The Bible says this, for all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have what? They've been placed there by God. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> all authority, all authority. And again, I want to say, really? You can't mean a person like our president or like our governor. Um, God, you really don't know them, but he does. And what kills me is when you look at the book of the Bible, where we find this passage, it's in the book of Romans. The book of Romans was written to those who were in where? Were in Rome. Um, and the guy who was Caesar in charge of Rome and the Roman Empire is nuts. It's Nero, okay? He's an egomaniac, he cared only for himself. And because of his shoddy policies, there was a huge fire, burned 70% of Rome left thousands and thousands homeless. He had to blame someone, so he blamed Christ followers, and he arrested them and tortured them, and he had them killed for his amusement. And Paul, who wrote this in Romans, would be killed by this guy, executed. And Paul wrote this. All authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Next week, we can look at how to submit to laws we hate. Um, but Jesus would say to the one in charge, you submit. You submit because God put them there. Last one. I get to. You and I, we get to. Whoever's elected, we get to honor them. We get to honor them. Honor? <laughs> yeah, honor. The word honor means crown them. It comes from the same word where we get the crown, where we get the word crown, and it means you and your heart and your mind, you crown them. Peter wrote this in the Bible. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Who is the emperor? Once again, same guy, Nero. Um, by the way, Peter would be executed in Rome by Nero. Even though Peter showed all respect, he was executed by him. And what did he say? You honor him. Why do I honor? It's because I'm a citizen of Jesus' kingdom, and now I do what Jesus asked me to do. I'm not a citizen of this kingdom. I'm a citizen of Jesus, and if Jesus asks me, as part of his kingdom work to honor the one in charge, I honor the one in charge. I now do what Jesus asks me to do. No more of this not my president nonsense. And it's nonsense. No more of this I won't shake his or her hand. No more of the ridicule. When, when we do those things, 
the, the do unto others as you would have them do unto you kind of flies out the window when it comes to the way that some of us treat those in office. Donald Trump is your president. Nancy Pelosi is your Speaker of the House. Gavin Newsom is your governor. Amy Barrett is your Supreme Court Justice. They just are. And we are called by Jesus himself to honor them for that position. And if you're citizens of the kingdom of God, you're committed to those things that Jesus asks you to do. We're to love, we're to submit, and we're to honor. And so, and so some of us may need to go back and check our conversations we've had with others, and maybe our Facebook posts, and our name-calling, and our attitudes, and we may need to go back and apologize or repent in sorrow that our heart has been wrong. Because Jesus said, you're part of my kingdom now, and you do things differently. How about we put this on Twitter or Facebook or wherever? My heart has been wrong towards Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom or Amy Barrett or Mike Pence or Kamala Harris. And from here on out, I am going to love them, submit to them, and honor them because my true king, Jesus, has asked me to. And my attitude toward them reveals my attitude toward God, and if my political filter filters out God's commands to me, then, then I've made a mistake somewhere. I need to correct that, or else my life is going to start to crash and burn. And then it doesn't matter who wins or whose policies prevail. I lose. Bible doesn't tell us how to vote. You have wisdom and you have principles and you have values and those fit into how you view life and you should vote based on that. It doesn't tell us how to vote, it does tell you what your heart should be like toward those who have different values and principles and outlooks. It does tell you how our hearts, your heart, our hearts should be towards those who are in charge and ultimately, God will not be rewarding us for being a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or whatever. He'll reward you for your heart and your attitude and doing the hard thing in loving, submitting, and honoring. And obedience and submission and love toward the person in charge who does not see life the way you do. We, we live in a political power keg. You just feel it. I mean, it's like this thing's going to blow up. And it has been blowing up. Um, we're not powder kegs. We're not gunpowder. Jesus didn't say that. He never called us that. He didn't call us dynamite. He called us salt. He called us light. He called us hope. He called us to be different. And so let's not be characterized by anger and angst and rebellion and rhetoric and name-calling and intolerance. But love and respect and prayer and submission. And with that, in your life will come joy and peace and hope.
Let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you that you give us very directed words that go counterculture to the way we think. Because sometimes the way we think doesn't work very well. Father, help us to be humble, to repent in the areas where we have made mistakes, to learn and grow. What a great time, a great opportunity you've given us to change. And we know your spirit and your guidance will help us in this. Father, you know the one that needs to be in charge and you know what we need to do and now we know as well. Help us by your Spirit's power to love them, to submit, and to always give them honor. And we thank you in Jesus' name.